On today's episode of the podcast, I answer a beautifully phrased question about how I envision my dream birth. So we talk about everything from birth playlists to all the intricate details of what a dream of this labor actually would look like. Who is there and what time of day is it and where am I? What position am I in? What am I eating afterwards? All these details and takes us into an interesting place of talking about manifestation and that balance between visualizing the dream of what we want while still remaining completely open to anything that might come our way. Thank you for being here with me for this really special time. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome to a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. I hope you are doing well. I'm doing really well today. I'm sitting here with my feet up on a chair. My feet are really swollen, you know, that kind of like end of pregnancy, very unattractive swollen. I I almost have a hard time putting my... (laughs) my shoes on. So I just need to have my feet up on something at all time. Very, very classic and cliche. And I'm balancing the microphone and the microphone stand on my belly right now. My belly is officially too big for me to be able to sit at a normal table the way I normally record. I can't lean forward far enough to reach the mic. So uh, (laughs) I have the microphone balancing on my belly. Ringo is by my side and um, and it's a beautiful day so far here. I am uh, really excited to record this episode because if you are listening to this or it's funny that I'm sharing now how incredibly you know pregnant I am and you know balancing the mic on my belly and everything because if you're listening to this right now like the moment or the day it was released, it most likely means that I either 
very recently gave birth, or it means I'm in labor right now, (laughs) which is just so bizarre and strange to even think about. So I decided I wanted to do a really solid episode to save, you know, because you never know when babies decide to show up. Normally I record on a Wednesday or a Thursday and the show comes out on a Friday. So it's always in the moment, you know, a day or a couple days right before the show releases, I record. But this baby might make an entrance right at that time, which would of course make it completely impossible for me to pick up a microphone and talk to you. So I decided to, yeah, to record this episode and save it for the week when baby arrives. But it's, it's a funny thought, just like, like this, you're, you're listening to this and I might be a mom of two. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Nobody knows. Holy moly. Anyway, I, um, starting to get close enough to the very, very end of pregnancy that I'm a little bit nervous, feeling lots of movement in my womb and also butterflies. Like I feel those emotional butterflies as I feel this wild little man. He's just so active. I feel like he's really getting more and more active the closer I get to the end of pregnancy, which just feels so beautiful and Yeah, I'm just really ready to meet him. So today, my darlings, we are going to do a segment of Ask Rachel, which, as you know, is one of my favorite, favorite things to record here on the show. I love hearing your voices. I love listening to your thoughtful questions. I love not knowing what we're going to talk about each week. I love how sometimes I get one single question and that one question becomes a whole episode And I love the little bite-sized, you know, little like quirky things that you guys ask to. I just, I feel very, very connected to all of you listening every time I get to record this segment. So thank you for sending your questions in. If you want, you can take a moment with me here now just to close your eyes and ground into your body a little bit. Get very, very present and let's tune in. Hello, hello. My name is Amana. I am from Washington State. I love, love, love your podcast and the way you're able to share stories inspires me so much. I have been passionate about birth and babies my whole life. So these last months listening to your shares about wild pregnancy have been so wonderful and I'm so grateful that you're speaking your truth and experiences to the world supporting you 10,000% here from afar and listening to you as you approach your birth have brought up these questions for me. I am wondering, do you have a labor or birth playlist? I know you mentioned your playlist in the last Ask Rachel and I have loved being introduced to your music. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure how often you listen to these and maybe baby boy will arrive before you listen to this, but I am wondering if you would describe to us your dream birth as if it has already happened. The time of day, the weather, the music, how it begins, who's present, what position are you in when baby emerges? Do you catch your baby? Is your son vocal right away? 
How do you burb your placenta? How do you sever the cord? What are you eating and drinking, and where are you lounging with your beautiful boy in your arms? Sending you so much love on this next transformative birth experience. Love, love, love. Oh, Alana. Now I'm crying. Oh, this is so, so beautiful to receive. How serendipitous that this is the first, um, this is the first little voice clip that I happen to click on. (laughs) You know, I choose these randomly every time I, I do this on the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to share this very, very intimate, but such a crucial, vital, beautifully important part of how I prepare for this birth. I uh, I do this exercise. I try to come back to it every day. And some days, for some reason, it feels it feels harder to visualize. I think it depends on if I'm in my head a lot or not. Um, so just for a little bit of context, today is my due date. <laughs> you know I don't like the word <laughs> or the concept or the idea, misleading idea of due date. Um, I prefer to call it like a guest date. So it's it's my guest date for 40 weeks gestation is today. And uh, <laughs> and I decided, you know, I really today, because the day does signify something, right? We have a lot of cultural conditioning and a lot of also excitement kind of leading toward this day. Only 4% of babies are born on the guest date, but it's still a date that, you know, it's been sort of in the back of mine and Dennis's and and Leia's definitely uh, in our minds and in our hearts since we found out we were pregnant, which was on my birthday, October 5th. And that's a long time ago. Actually, it's 40 weeks ago, (laughs) right? And uh, I decided that today when I woke up, I said, okay, I'm going to record an episode of the podcast. So I have an episode saved and then I'm going to go down to the water and I'm going to swim and I'm really going to sit in silence, in visualization of the dream, 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 dream birth. Um, Because I do this a little bit every day where I visualize something or some part uh, where I see just everything held in light and how everything is going so well. But I struggle a little bit with the manifestation and visualization part of this because I want to remain completely open to every outcome. And this is something that I've kind of, I come back to again and again, that it's it's a little bit challenging for me to at the same time, visualize details and very specific outcomes of the dream of what exactly what the dream is, while also making sure I remain completely open and not attached, right? Because it's not the expectation, it's it's the dream. Those are two different things. And last time I gave birth, I did not have my expectations well managed. I think I was overly confident. I think I was um, not underprepared in that sense, because I really think we are all prepared for our babies in the way that we're, in the way that we can, in the way that we're supposed to be. But I think I, I spent so much time just focusing on the dream, right? 
that that it took me by surprise, right? It, it, it shocked me when, when I felt powerless. It shocked me when I felt like I didn't have a say. Yeah, a lot of things just, just kind of shocked me with that one. And I don't want that this time around. So, <laughs> so I just love that, that you're asking me this beautifully, beautifully phrased question just today of all days, because I'm dedicating extra time and space to this today. So first of all, to answer your question about the playlist, this is also so serendipitous. Yesterday morning, the day before yesterday, I couldn't sleep. Um, I don't know why. I woke up at 2.59 a.m. And I have been getting really good sleep lately, surprisingly. Or maybe my expectations and standards for good sleep is just very low <laughs> right now. I don't know. But when I wake up, I'm able to just turn around and go back to bed and I fall asleep right away. So I still... I am rested, actually. I think I'm, I'm, I'm fairly blessed right now in how I'm sleeping at night. But the night before last, I woke up at 2.59 a.m. And I told Dennis, and I'm like, he's like, just say 3 a.m. Just say you woke up at 3. I'm like, no. It felt much worse <laughs> to be awakened at, to be awake at 2.59 than it would at 3.01. There was something about that 2 still being present there that made me feel really terrible about being up and not being able to go back to sleep. <laughs> 2 in the morning is not, you can't say it's morning yet. 2, it's like deep middle, smack dab middle of the night three and getting closer to four, like, yeah, I, I can kind of deal with that. But like 2.59, no. I wake up and, you know, Sweden at this time, we are getting to the brightest, longest day of the year. So 2.59, the sun is up, okay? <laughs> it's bright outside. Um, if you open the blinds, it blinds you. At three in the morning, you open the blinds, it is like the world is awake. Um, the birds are going bananas. And we live in this, I don't know, the farm is in this crazy, sacred center of, I don't, I, we have so much wildlife here. We have so many birds, the symphony of birds. It's like anyone who's ever been to Costa Rica or a really tropical kind of rainforest like that, where the jungle just never sleeps. And there's so many sounds and so many animals and birds and, you know, Costa Rica typically has the howler monkeys and it's just so intense, like really early in the morning. Um, I have that feeling here in Sweden, which is super strange, but especially when I wake up like that really early or middle of the night and everything is so alive and loud, I feel like I'm in some kind of rainforest. Like it's really, it's really re remarkable. So everything is alive. Everything's awake. It's really loud outside. Like the birds literally keep me awake. And I couldn't go back to sleep. Three in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep. I tossed and turned and really tried because I also have this feeling now like I could give birth any day and I want to be rested. Like I really am focused on getting good sleep and not overdoing things and taking care of myself. And, you know, I didn't have any contractions, no sensations, nothing with my body, nothing like birth imminent. It wasn't, that wasn't why I woke up. I just woke up, can't go back to bed. 4.30, I give up on sleep. I'm like, okay, I might as well, might as well surrender. I'm awake. 2.59 was my wake up call today. I'm in preparation for newborn times, right? So that's also normal. So I go downstairs and I, what did I do? I had such a beautiful morning. <laughs> I made some yogurt 
with the nectarine and this like really delicious cinnamon granola that I have. And I made dandelion syrup the other day, uh, which is just my favorite thing. It's like sunshine in a jar. I drizzled that over the yogurt and it was just so delicious. Made a cup of tea, go outside. And it's, of course, it's 4.30 in the morning. It's really cold. We have not arrived at warm summer days in Sweden yet. So it gets it gets warm at the middle of the day if you're in the sun. So it's like right now, I mean, it's 23, 22. What's that? Like 80s, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's it's not a hot summer day, but it's a warm, it's a warm day. But in the morning and in the night, it's still really, 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 really cold. So I had to bundle up and I, you know, I had three blankets and thick knitted socks and I'm just, yeah, it was really cold. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the sunrise and it's, you know, listening to all the birds and I just feel so connected to my baby and so excited. I just, I don't know, I had this beautiful morning. I roll out my mat and I have this playlist I always play on shuffle, which is a playlist of, yeah, songs I know always work for me on the mat. And this song comes on that is so beautiful of course, I want to tell you what the song is now because it's really special. It's called Arbolito. <laughs> In case anyone's looking for like a really beautiful little song. Of course, I'm, I'm looking it up on my Spotify right now. Okay, it's called Arbolito Divino by Nick Bar Barbachano. <laughs> okay, Arbolito Divino. It means divine tree. And it's this really... It just came on and I'm on my mat struggling to move because I struggle. I mean, everything's a struggle. I mean, I'm very, very pregnant. <laughs> just being on my hands and knees is like it, the belly's so heavy when I'm on my hands and knees or in a down dog. It feels like it's going to pop open like a, I don't know, water balloon. <laughs> it's just so intense. And this song comes on and I'm remembering like, oh, this song. I had this song on my birth playlist with Leia. And, I, and then I remember, I don't have a birth playlist. And I just like, oh, oh my God, I have the birth playlist with Leia. So I thought like, I can always go back to those. And I made two with her. One was called Birth Like Happy, I think I, na I named it. And one was called Birth Mellow. I made two. So I made one for when I, what I envisioned would be early stages, early labor, you know, when I still want to dance and feeling like, you know, still talking and that kind of like good, high, yeah, like happy vibe. And then the second playlist was mellow, which is when I, what I envisioned I would want to listen to in the trenches of it, like really in the deep. When you tune in words so deeply, you're not talking, you're not external anymore, you're just going in. So I go, oh, I need to revive these playlists. I can't believe I haven't even thought of it. I haven't even made a birth playlist. I just... And I don't, I can't remember really what was on the ones with Leia. So I add this song, Arbolito Divino. You should listen to it today. It's really beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, and this song to me is kind of upbeat for birth. It's not upbeat for life. It's, it's chill. It's a very chill, beautiful song. But for birth, like where the mindset I'm in now, this is still elevated. <laughs> for me, the, the mellow part of birth, what I would call that playlist, needs to be this deep, you know, like <laughs> just this theta, like brainwave, 
grounding drums, you know, maybe like no lyrics even. I'm just in that stage of tuning inward where I am now with birth needs to be just the deepest, meditative, calmest, yeah, going inward type of music cannot be anything that would pull you up into another kind of, you know, pull you into your head or anything like that. And I opened these playlists just to see, like, what did I have in here for Leia? <laughs> and it's it's so bad, okay? <laughs> Not bad. I don't want to say bad. But my expectations for what birth would be first time around, I can just look at these playlists and I know I did not know what the fuck was coming my way, okay? So <laughs> the first... The first playlist has like a lot of, there's like Matis Yahoo on here. There's Co- the Commodores are on here. I have Ed Sheeran. I have a lot of Shakira. Like I have from like uh, like her Pies Descalzos y Un Poco de Amor. I have like a lot of her old things. But the energy of this playlist is not for birth. Like if I look at what I want now, like at all, this is like something I would play, I don't know, having a glass of wine with a friend, you know, it's like very fun and very chill. And I thought that birth would be like this. I thought birth would be, <laughs> birth would be, <laughs> birth would be easy by a Commodores. Like that's what I thought birth would be. And then I go into the mellow playlist, which is what I thought would like, this is like the depth of things. And all those songs are too intense, too upbeat, too high for anything to fit in any of a birthing playlist that I would use today. And I was just laughing at this with Dennis just yesterday. Like, I really did not know. Like, I I mean, how could you know? Like, I feel I was so young. I was so naive. I really thought birth would even have like a little party, you know, <laughs> I knew it was going to be hard, obviously. I had a lot of fears. Obviously, I'd heard my whole life. This is the hardest, most painful thing anyone can ever experience. I mean, I knew I had all that in my head, but I still kind of thought that, you know, <laughs> I still thought we would kind of be like jamming. I would jam jam my way through labor. And uh, that did not happen. I cannot remember a single, I can't, yeah, I can't remember even having music on. I do know that Leia was born to a song by Nako and Medicine for the People um, because my doula, Kelly, noticed and told me afterwards. Um, like her actual like emergence, that song was playing in the background. So that's like all I know. But no, <laughs> to answer your question, I am, I'm definitely making a new, a new playlist. And my kind of how I'm entering this this time around is just with a little more knowledge around how physiological birth actually works and what physiological birth and that undisturbed flow of the different hormonal things that need to happen in the body get to unfold the way they're supposed to, what that requires, right? And even though it's a really nice idea uh, and maybe that's possible for the very, very early moments, you know, to really go deep into a physiological natural birth. Um, it's not really a kumbaya moment, <laughs> which is kind of what I was expecting 
for the first time around. Like we'll all be holding hands and singing. And there could be like a dude with a guitar there. And I would just like flow through these contractions and everything is like so chill. And now I'm like, no, no, we're not having any kumbaya like circle session here. here. But I'm thinking more dark, dark room like completely dark room, maybe some candles lit, the deepest, most grounding meditative music, if any, and silence and undisturbed, I mean, from, from the outside and just this completely undisturbed place to go deep into the fire, right? To go deep, deep, deep. And I just, I don't know. I look back at the, the 28 year old me who made this playlist and I'm like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> You can find it if you want. You can go to Spotify. You can find them. Um, they're called Birth. I have them. I have them live here. I'll make a new one and I'll share for sure. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So yeah, so back to the to the dream. Again, okay, so I have to make this super, super clear. The dream dream, dream, dream is a dream, right? So it's what I visualize when I visualize everything unfolding in the peak version of how I would like it if I got to write a script, right? And the thing about birth is I think part of the magic is that you don't get to write a script. Part of the magic of this time that I'm in now, sitting here on the guest date, is that I don't know. If I knew baby's coming tomorrow, I would have a completely different experience of being pregnant today. And instead, you know, getting to wake up every single morning, not knowing, feeling sensations kind of come and then, you know, you get really alert and you check in and like, "Hmm, was that something? And then no. And then you go about your day. That is part of it. It's part of the initiation into the unknown that is birth which of course is this huge initiation into the unknown of motherhood and of parenthood and and life. You know, we don't know. So 
for my dream, every time I visualize it, something unfolds a little bit differently. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have this set version of the dream that's the same every time. But in my, my dream version for this moment, okay, sitting here on my, on my guest date here, arriving at this, this pivotal, beautiful moment of pregnancy, I envision things starting in the middle of the night because that's how they did with Leia. So it's just what I envision. And I envision that I envision having time to get used to the sensation. I don't, I don't see this bam, you know, all of a sudden out of the blue, crazy surprise contractions. And then it happens really quickly. Like I don't see that. I see this, these gentle sensations building like waves and I see it starting in the in the night and that I have the first hours of that or the first moments of that alone. So I would put on my slippers and kind of sneak downstairs, kind of like how I did the day before yesterday when I woke up at 2.59, you know, I would sneak downstairs, um, light some candles, light some Palo Santo, which is my go-to smell, aside from the smell of tires and underground parking garages. <laughs> which has been my bizarre craving for this pregnancy. Palo Santo has been, I can inhale it. Like I, it's, it's, yeah, it's for me. It does something for me. Um, and I would make some tea, put on some music, you know, that playlist that I'm in the, in the, in the motions of making now. And I would just intuitively see where I want to be. So if it's really cold outside, if it's like, oh, maybe I'm not going to want to do that at all and just kind of stay in the living room where we have a, this beautiful soft rug, I have a, a big birth ball um, and I envision myself just being alone in that early quiet part of the early morning, riding those gentle waves while they're still, you know, totally manageable and just beginning the process of going inward and moving my body with that because I know that first those first moments are so they come with so much excitement you know they come with so much and if it was really mellow if it wasn't like mm, it's clearly beginning you know if I could stay asleep I would stay asleep if I felt sensation starting but I felt like I could rest I could get more sleep then I would go back to bed but this is in that scenario that, ooh, okay, you know, not possible to, to stay still anymore. And then I envision Leia and Dennis waking up and the dogs waking up and the sun rising and definitely eating something. And then I have really in my dream version of this birth, I see myself outside. And I don't know exactly how <laughs> that's going to unfold, if it will at all. But in the dream version of my birth, I see myself with bare feet on the earth, outside in the grass. I've asked Dennis that, you know, when it starts, if I want to be outside to please, we have a really thick, like beautiful, it's kind of like a bedspread, like a really big blanket, but it's a really thick, soft one to spread that out in the grass under this beautiful maple tree. It's like the steadiest, oldest tree on our land is this beautiful maple that's that's across this little grassy area of the land for him to lay out that blanket and then put down a little mattress for me because we have we 
have a few little mattresses. Like we have one inside and we have one out there. And we already set up, we set up a little, uh, we call it the birth yurt. <laughs> it's like a little, it's like a, a bell tent, really beautiful one, where I just put a mattress and a bunch of blankets and soft pillows. And just like in case I would want, I don't know. I, it's just like I have, I, have, I have options, you know, for where I intuitively want to be. So if intuitively I just want to be outside because we are in this very private land, I can, I really can. And I would also have the possibility to go into the bell tent if I want. But intuitively, I'm really feeling that like grass beneath my feet first, yeah, <laughs> moments, hours of really going inward to, to be with that maple tree and to be outside. We also have a little fireplace out there that maybe Dennis will want to tend to the fire. And I don't know. I, this part is just like, I'm craving outdoors, but I also know I'm not going to want to be far from the house. And I also know there's a huge chance maybe I'm going to want to not even open the door and step outside. That that feeling of just being in a cocoon, being in a safe space, um, you know, gravitating to the bedroom or the, or the bathroom, which I think is the most common places to want to be. So I'm, I'm really, yeah, I feel really open here. But I would love to have a big moment just to be with Mother Nature in this part of the birth journey, you know? And then, so I really, I envision Leia there, like in my dream birth, like Dennis is there the whole time. Dennis doesn't leave my side. Dennis is my, my rock. I mean, the way he really is now. And, and I really see Leia there. Already now, when I'm struggling with something, if I feel pain, end of the day, I feel a lot of pain. Just my pelvis. I feel like, I mean, literally, like there's a bowling ball sitting right in my pelvis and it just hurts. Like it really, I mean, technically that's what's happening, right? But so when I get up, when I've been sitting down at the end of the day, it's really, really, really hard for me to walk. And Leah's always there right away. She stands up with me. She holds my hand and she goes, okay, mama, I got you. Just breathe, inhale, exhale. And she takes that. I don't know where she learned this. I mean, <laughs> I never told her to do that. She just intuitively has started to support me in those ways. And it's so precious. Like, it's so beautiful. And I kind of see her there. I don't know. I imagine her float, fluttering in and out like a little butterfly and maybe holding my hand, maybe going off on her own, doing her thing. I, I, I don't know, but she's definitely here, right? She's here, but she's here on her own terms, as present as she wants to be, right? And then I, I, I feel this, this longing, like this biggest part of my dream really is a feeling of belonging, a feeling of connection, a feeling of yeah, it's going to be really hard. And yes, it's, you know, but that I'm really not alone. And I think that's what's drawing me out into nature. In every version of this dream, I have some connection point, some anchor point out in nature. And when Leia was born, there, we only had one moment like that. I remember it was middle of the night, we'd been going for a long time, almost 24 hours. And I remember my doula and my friend, she was like, maybe you should go outside and just be under the light of the full moon for a while. 
And because it was a full, she was born on a full moon night. And we did, and we stepped out into the garden, and Dennis just held me, and we kind of slow danced there for a while um, under the light of the full moon. And we have a photo of that and that she took, and it's so beautiful. And that was my really my only moment in nature in that whole 24-hour birth. I didn't have a deep connection to nature then. And now I do, and I really feel like my the biggest source of support is there, like this connection with Mother Earth. And I'm so craving that, and I so want that for this birth, you know. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. So anyway, and then I see myself eventually wanting to get into the tub. Yeah, that's why I I would love to actually birth this little guy in the warm waters of the tub. And so I, I envision going in to the bathroom where it's really, really dark, um, where we have candles lit, and being in this inner state where where I can be present with what's happening and go into the challenge of what's happening rather than feeling scared and um and wanting to escape right i mean that's really my and this is the part i have a harder time visualizing right <laughs> in my dream version i am managing every sensation i feel like i am in control somehow in all the not knowing and not having any control i you know, it's absolutely manageable. Um, I can talk in between, you know, Dennis and Leah are there and my best friend's going to be here also, just have a an extra anchor for me and for Leah. And, and then I see, I mean, in my dream of dreams, like I, in my dream of dreams, I'm on my back, which is super weird. I don't know. Because <laughs> I've also been really kind of, fighting that old outdated idea that you know in the hospital they put you on your back and you have to be on your back and it's so not the you know most optimal position to give birth but I've seen just really I don't know really beautiful birth videos of that moment of mom almost you know locking eyes with baby as baby comes out which is harder to do if you're on your on all fours or in another position right where you're really really present and it happens really slowly and there's no you know feeling of panic or complete chaos or all of a sudden or you know this crazy crazy strain 
but this like very gentle baby slipping out into the waters, getting to grab a hold of baby like under the armpits and bring the baby up to, I can bring him up to my chest. Like that feels like such a, a dream, such a, such a total dream. And then Venice and Leah right there, you know, and it's, uh, it's funny because my first ever, like one of the first birth videos I ever saw, like ever, ever, ever. And I forgot about this. I, and I've been looking for this birth video. I could never find it again. I saw it when I was pregnant with Leah and I didn't even know it at the time, but I would tell people about this birth that I saw. It was a long birth. It was like, a, I don't know, an hour birth video. And I would tell people about this birth as this like most incredible, magnificent birth. But yet somehow I didn't incorporate any of that longing into my own plan with Leia. I just didn't think I had the option to do that. And that video, I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it. It was a woman wearing white and she's in a room and it's full of candles and she's wearing a white dress and this camera is just set up in a corner. It's just like a stagnant camera. And for like an hour, for a really long time, it just shows her gently walking up and down in this room, just super quietly pausing when a sensation comes, sometimes like going down onto her knees, shifting positions, but mostly she's kind of walking with his huge belly. And it's so quiet. It's so peaceful. She's so in her body. Like it's just so, it's like this picture of the divine mother. It's so gorgeous. And she does that for an hour in this video, just forever. Like I was just mesmerized, like this long, long video of her just moving up and down. And then at one point, she goes over to a door in the corner and she knocks on the door. And in comes, who I envision is the father of the baby, her husband or her boyfriend, I don't know. And he just holds her and she bears down into a squat. And it's very, very gentle, like how this happens. It's very... I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's, it's it's huge and overwhelming and must be so, so intense. But in this image, it's just he's holding her. She's in a squat and baby comes out and then she brings baby to her chest and sits down. And then the husband is like behind her, just holding her. And that's and that's that. And this was obviously a free birth, obviously an undisturbed birth, obviously a non-medicalized birth. And this was one of the first birth videos I ever saw when I was pregnant with Leah. And I would tell everybody about this incredible video I saw. And, and that's possible, you know. But it never occurred to me that it would be possible for me, ever. Never contemplated that. Never, never reached my mind at all. And now I'm remembering that video and I'm like, well, that is, that is my dream, Right, not exactly in the same scenario, like being in a specific room and so and so, but my dream is to be really undisturbed and feel the support and the presence of my husband and my daughter, and for it to be as non dramatic as possible, right? For it to really be a spiritual experience. I mean, and then however that unfolds, if I'm outside in the grass or I'm in the yurt or I'm in my bed or I'm in the bathtub like that matters much less you know I that that that's why that image kind of shifts for me all the time 
what matters is this feeling of of anchor and being held and this you know divine experience that birth can be that it's so unfortunately very rarely gets to be but yeah so in this dream anyway where I'm in the tub I pull baby up to my chest and and I see us kind of (laughs) I see Leia right there you know I see Dennis holding me there and him and he vocalizes right away that's a fear I've had that is not as big of a fear anymore but that it would take time for a baby to vocalize or to start breathing which is also really common and really really normal and like the way Leia came out she came out talking. It's it's it was it's it's crazy. She came out eyes open, vo- like talking. She wasn't crying. She wasn't vocalized. She was like talking, like how a two month old, three month old will will <laughs> will make noises. She just exclaimed, kind of her arrival. It's like okay, I'm here now. Like it's the sweetest, sweetest sounds that she made. And she was, you know, all pink and fat and. <laughs> didn't have any vernix left but she also wasn't like flaky or dry like she was just in her right I don't know perfect moment and so for this like I dream of of hearing him vocalize in some way right away would be beautiful but I also feel really trusting that if that doesn't happen that that is okay and totally normal also and totally safe and um, from there I want to have a little, yeah, like for Dennis to bring a mattress into the bathroom. I don't see us going far, but I do see us leaving the tub. Like I I saw Olivia give birth in the tub just a few months ago and like how the water feels cold really quickly and, you know, that feeling of like not wanting to get dry and warm. So just transitioning from the tub right onto a mattress next to the tub um, with some pillows and just a comfortable space and... I would love to have some broth, something warm and nourishing to drink right away, and some tea. And I see him <laughs> eventually, you know, nursing. And we stay naked and we stay skin to skin the whole entire time. And I've said I really wanna, like, I really understand now the 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 importance of that intimacy and that sacred, quiet, undisturbed energy to remain in the room until placenta is born and hopefully yeah, after also. But so I don't want any, I don't want any phones. I don't want any, no one's going to be FaceTiming. No one's going to be notified. You know, it's not like, Ooh, baby's out. It's a party and everything's over. Like, no, that those first hours afterwards are so important and so precious and, yeah, especially for a free birth, you know, making sure that the that there's the body has space to still feel safe and grounded to release the placenta afterwards. And then here, I also haven't decided what I want to do with the placenta, which is with Leia, I was so clear. I knew I wanted to encapsulate and eat it. I knew it. And this time around, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I feel very well nourished right now. I don't feel this need with Leia, I had that feeling I, before the placenta was out. I just like, I knew I'm, I'm going to want to eat it. <laughs> really like intense feeling. And I don't have that now. So I haven't decided. I found a little service, this woman who does pickups, who does encapsulate if I would like to do that. 
I could also just put it in the fridge or the freezer or the side later. Maybe we plant a tree with it. Maybe I really don't know. I also don't. I also know we want to keep the cord attached for a long time. So whatever I choose, we're not going to rush that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. But yeah, here's my... <laughs> My kind of vague dream birth. I don't know. When it comes to manifesting anything else, I'm very, very good at going into the specific, like really, really detailed moments of what I want to manifest. So for instance, when I was writing my my second book, I and I was really far away and I felt really overwhelmed. And how is that going to happen? I would visualize the feeling of being at a book signing. And I would really see it. I would smell the room. I would visualize me signing book after book until my hand cramped. Feel the feeling of hugging people, standing in line, waiting to meet me or see the book. You know, like I would go into these moments that would be after and go so deeply into like, what am I wearing that day? And how are we getting to that event? And just, yeah, what am I eating? All those things. And then with the birth... Like also when when we when I created the studio, before the studio was anything, I stood in the room that became Luna Shala and felt the sensations of deeply of what teaching a class in there would be like. You know, lighting the candles in the room and wearing this kimono that I loved with these yoga pants and plugging in my phone for the music and sweeping the floors and I, I would just like go into every little intricate, tiny little detail of what that would be like, even though we didn't even have a design or a plan or money, right? And I know that intricate dreaming is really important for the outcome of what you want to create. But here with the birth, those details keep changing. They keep shifting, even where I am. Sometimes I sit down and I visualize the dream birth and I'm like not even in the tub, <laughs> You know, like I'm outside in the, on a blanket in the grass. <laughs> um, it, it shifts all the time. And I don't have that ability right now to go into the specific, specific, tiny little details. I think because I am so open to the unknown. I mean, I really am. Like I, as I'm speaking these words now, at least, and this might, this will change day to day. I have fearful days. I have nervous days. I have days where I feel incapable days when I feel holy shit 
And then I have just completely trusting days where I know everything is for the highest good. It's going to be magical, transformational, joyful, beautiful, you know, and I float in between. But most of all, I feel this sense of, I don't know. And for the first time in my life, this I don't know is somehow okay. Normally, I hate this space. I don't like to dwell in the not knowing at all. It is not, it's not my thing. <laughs> I mean, whose thing is it? Who's, who's super content to not know anything and to step into the most potentially most transformational, biggest thing you've ever had happen to you in your life? And like, I have no idea. Is this going to be a disaster or a miracle? Like I, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's a kind of a big thing and it's a big leap of faith. And every single birth is, right? Every single birth is. There's no, however you plan it. Even if you have a scheduled C-section at a certain time, like you're stepping into the unknown, you're going to be navigating the same kinds of feelings that I'm navigating now. What's going to happen? Are we going to be okay? Is it going to hurt? Is it going to be like this? You know, it, it's. I think it's really part of it. It's supposed to be that way. And we can do things to put ourselves in the illusion of control, but it's always an illusion. We have no control. Even those births were like, okay, we're meticulously planning this, 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 and this. Even in the most medicalized, I think especially in the most medicalized setting, like we have no control, but the illusion of control somehow can bring a, a bit more peace. Actually, I don't, I don't know if it does. When I, whenever I do, if I'm doing something scary and I do try to micromanage and plan every detail and have it be exactly this way, oftentimes that, that can bring me more stress because deep down I know I don't have the control and it's out of my grasp. And the more I try, the more futile it is. And it, it just gets exhausting to pretend and to try. And there's this part of surrender and surrender is not something that just happens one day and then you're done. It's like you have to keep keep surrendering all the time, all day. Surrender to this and to this and to this and to this moment. You know, it just keeps unfolding. But once you're in the practice of that, there is a peace there. And I think the peace comes along with the fact that that's the, really the only sensible thing to do is to accept that we don't know. And this doesn't just go for birth and pregnancy. This goes for everything in our lives. We don't know. We like to pretend we know what tomorrow is. Like we don't know. We like to pretend everything is the way we've decided it or going to unfold the way we want it. And, and we don't know. We don't know. It's part of, the, part of the mystery, part of the magic, part of the agony. Absolutely is this not knowing. So yeah, <laughs> in my dream birth, I am connected with Mother Nature. I'm connected with Dennis. Leah's there, you know. I feel safe to walk through the fire. Even in my dream birth, it's not like I have an ecstatic, orgasmic birth, you know. Like that should be the dream, the dreams. Like to orgasm your way to your baby. How amazing, <laughs> how amazing would that be? I am not even really like, you know, I can't even put myself there because I feel, <laughs> I feel so, yeah, managed in my expectations, I think. And maybe I'm doing this thing now where I, I put my expectations on the other side. Like I am expecting 43 weeks of pregnancy, you know, a 12 pound baby, 
days of labor. Like I really have my expectations throughout pregnancy. They've been there. Like this is not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be a kumbaya moment where we listen to Commodores and chill, right? It's like this is... This is a dark night of the soul. It's a walking through fire. But there's also the potential of just bliss, right? I've heard those stories. I've spoken to some of those women. I have seen those videos where there is absolutely a potential for ecstatic bliss, for birth to be totally joyful and not terrifying and not overwhelming. I mean, that possibility is there. Um, it's just not a part of my dream because I I think I have my expectations too well managed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, definitely. And also about food. Like I have a little list of food. I have and this I totally got from Olivia. Really bizarre. When she was she right before she was giving birth, she said, I have this weird craving for mango sticky rice. Like, I would love to have that after giving birth. And I was like, what? Mango sticky rice, you know, like the Thai. Uh, we used to eat that when we were in Thailand. We ate it together, Olivia and I, a lot when we were in Thailand. It's the most delicious dessert. It's just this like vanilla-y, like sticky condensed milk, kind of like white rice pudding with fresh mango. And there must be something else in there. I, I have no idea how to make it. But that's stuck in my head. So I have that like on my little list of like... <laughs> dream dream foods to eat later you know but I and also my friend Siri who's a chef she's gonna make me I want to have not as my first like taste of something I really would love to just sip some broth like immediately postpartum just when we're still in the bathroom and we're still in the you know that kind of liminal space of, of having just given birth then I see like broth and tea and something warming but when the placenta is out and you know when it's kind of time to transition from the bathroom eventually I I see myself like she makes this amazing fish stew <laughs> it's kind of like a bouillabaisse um with homemade aioli and like white really like really good french bread <laughs> that is my dream meal like I really want that bouillabaisse bouillabaisse like <laughs> fish stew I don't know why that's in my head I haven't had it for a long time I'm just really craving it all the time and uh and I would love that mango sticky rice like that's mm. something I can see however and I think I've shared this on the pod before that I really can visualize intricately like in detail is the the moment of like birth being over you know because the feeling of giving birth it's like a very long it can literally be days and days right but I see myself in this corner of our porch and we just finished the porch they're literally painting the last little parts of, of the porch of, of the railing right now but I see me and baby sitting in the corner of our porch in this comfy like couch chair lounge thing that we have out there with lots of pillows and maybe with a blanket and nursing and watching I don't know if it's the sunrise or the sunset with a bowl of fruit 
in front of me. I have that image very clear in my head, really, really clear. And I don't know, is that the next day or, you know, I don't know. But I can, I can really like feel the warmth of the sun on my skin and I can feel the warmth of the baby at my chest, you know, and I can see what blanket I wrapped him in. I can see what I'm wearing. I can feel the chair against my back. I can see the steam of the tea next to me. I can feel the sensations of nursing him and that feeling of like, we did it, you know, <laughs> that I can intricate, I can feel that moment in my body. But the actual labor birth process, it's a little bit more fluid. Yeah, right now. And I think that's a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, that is my dream, my dream birth. Let's see what happens. We keep joking that, you know, because I'm so like set on the peace of being at home and the options here, you know, if I want to be outside or I have the yurt or I have the tub, of course I have my beautiful bedroom with this amazing bed, like maybe I just want to be in the bed. I have no idea. This could also be like, we keep joking that it's going to be one of those things that happens in a really inopportune place, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know, going to pick up takeout, <laughs> going to get gas at the gas station not that I'm like doing a lot of stuff but yesterday Dennis was dropping off a car so I drove with him so I could pick him back up from the garage it's like what if it happens like at the garage <laughs> I've been craving the smell of underground parking garages and tires what if we go to the garage to pick up the car and it happens there and it happens really fast and like it happens in the car it happens like you know it's really part of that like we don't know and we can make the playlists and we can plan and we can prep the food and we can like do all these things. But it's all, it's all a preparation for the unknown anyway, right? And it's all, I think, a preparation for us to feel steady and stable and know that we have what we need. And, you know, hopefully getting to that place of, yeah, if it happens at a parking garage or in the car, like I still have what I need. Everything I need is inside of me. And we don't need any fancy yurt or fancy birth pool or fancy tub or, you know, candles or all of that. It's like beautiful to have, but birth happens anyway, right? Birth happens the way it's supposed to. Women in comas give birth to babies. That is a wild thought, dark thought, but a wild, wild thought, like the body will birth. And... There's something about that that's just also, I think, it's comforting knowing that birth is that primal. Like it's less about learning how to birth and figuring out how to do it and more about getting out of our own way and, you know, that, that surrender, letting what unfolds unfold. So let's see. <laughs> let's see. I have another vision I would love to visualize right now, which is sitting here where I'm sitting to record this podcast while nursing baby boy. And then you guys being able to hear those little sounds of him nursing, right? That's a moment that's going to happen for sure. For sure. Maybe sooner than I think, right? So yeah, thank you, everyone. <laughs> tuning in I uh, hmm. I'll see you next week 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.